Medical information obtained from our website or the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If your pet has or you suspect they might have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of All Paws Pet Talk, this radio show, or their sponsors. Hello, you're listening to Smart Animal Talk on All Paws Pet Talk Radio, and uh, we've got a special guest today, CQ, not to be confused with DQ, Dairy Queen, where I took my kids the other day. It's a heat wave here. If you've got a heat wave, make sure your dog has access to water and shade, no matter what type of dog it is. If it wants to be with you, it'll pretend it's okay when it really needs shade and water, and that includes at the beach. Feel the surface of the ground before you expect your dog to walk on it barefoot. And if you have outdoor animals of any kind, make sure they have extra water. Water in the shade, not where it heats up to boiling in a silver bucket. So, yeah, and and rinse them out, scrub them out. Algae grows fast. Make sure your pups and dogs and goats and chickens and whatever else are drinking healthy water in these heat waves we're experiencing. I'll come back with some more summer tips throughout the show because I can't help it. I'm uh, enjoying the summer so much after living through the wet, wet winter out here in the rainforest. So I want to make sure you're all safe because some of our animals aren't quite used to it. And um, there's a lot of smoke out my way. If you're in an area that's exposed to smoke from fires, Washington State, British Columbia, lots of places, yams are the way to go. I know it sounds kind of strange, but cook up some yams, boil them, bake them. It doesn't really matter how you cook them. Some dogs even like them raw if you shred them. But cook them up and offer them to your pets along with their regular food. For one thing, they like them. But for another, it really helps with the stuff they get from smoke, like weepy eyes. And I do have a couple of dogs with weepy eyes because it's been smoky out here. All right, everybody, I'll give you more tips throughout the show. Right now, we're going to be talking with CQ. She's authored a whole bunch of books. And we're going to find out all about that. She's an educator who's now an author. And she uses animals to, uh, to teach and to reach. So welcome to the show, CQ. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Can you tell us some of your titles? Sure. So um, I write the Carla the Dog series, and I have three books currently published for the series. And the first book is Carla Dog, the, the Adventure. The second book is Carla Dog, Island of Mysterious Wonders. And the third book is Carla Dog, Visits the Farm. Do they have to be read in order? Is it a one, two, three, whodunit type of thing? No. So what I do is I leave the reader thinking at the end of every story. So every story ends where the next one will begin. However, you can read them in isolation. And the the real goal is really to educate and build those foundational skills um, for children and adults. And but luckily, you can pick up any book and read them. and read them at any time, and still be able to follow along with her adventures. You know, in elementary school, I remember there were books like this, and you would almost have to get the next one out before you finished the last one, because it would just drive you crazy to read the first few sentences, the first few pages of the next story. Oh, you're a tease. That's what you are. Yeah, I love cliffhangers, <laughs> and I really, and the idea of photo cliffhanger is because I want the listener and the reader, or just the reader by themselves, really think and predict, well, what will Carla do next? Where will she go? How will she feel? What will she do? Mm-hmm. I really want the um, 
you kind of build those critical thinking questions so when they get the next book, they can see if the predictions were correct, if they were incorrect, and really just kind of engage where Carla is and, and kind of put themselves in the story. How old is Carla? So Carla just turned nine in June, and I've had her ever since she was about eight weeks, and she flew all the way from Texas to Washington, D.C. by herself when she was a puppy. Okay, so Carla is a dog, everybody. I, I wasn't sure. Carla's a dog. What kind of dog is Carla? Carla is a white mockie-poo, and she is the sweetest, most lovable dog I've, I've ever seen. Yeah, she's actually a real dog, and um, she gets, uh, a lot of people think she's a Bichon, but I think they're all kind of cousins, and so they all kind of look, look uh, a lot alike. Well, Bichons and Poodles are fairly similar. Uh, Bichons are, have more of an extended back and a shorter structure, shorter legs, and a, and a thicker, wider body. Poodles are, to my mind, a little more finely built. Um, <laughs> but then I am a standard poodle breeder, so I am very biased. <laughs> poodles are a heck of a lot smarter, but Bichons are a lot easier to work with, except for a couple of key issues, which I'm sure people know about, including the excited piddle greeting, which is not very good with the Bichons. You really got to work on that. And the Maltese. However, when you stick a poodle part in there, you get a smarter, more easily trained dog. So you usually don't have these same whittling issues. But the multi-poo, great little dog. It's not the best dog if you have kids that are going to accidentally step on it and break its leg or hip or shoulder. It's a very tiny little creature. So if you have kids that give a dog a pounding, you have to go beagling up. Even if it's by accident, you know, there's a scrum of kids uh, in the backyard. You really can't have a tiny little dog like this. But if you can have a tiny little dog, if you've got a very calm environment, I bet it's just a, a great thing to be able to take her everywhere. And luckily, she's actually about 18 pounds. And so I think, I, I'm not sure if she has more poodle than Maltese in her, but she's actually a lot bigger than I thought she was going to be. But it works perfectly because she's, she's about 18 or 19 pounds, but she's not super small, but she's not, she's not very big. Yeah, that's a good size. That's more like a small cocker spaniel. That's more of the less fragile, less breakable. I know people out there, you, you see these tiny teacup puppies offered and these little itty bitty dogs that aren't even five pounds when they're six months old, but they're always more expensive to own. Trust me on this. It's micro doses of medicines. It's special veterinarians. It's lots and lots of injuries, lots of breathing problems and the ones with the smushed in faces. So if you're looking at a little dog, go like Carla, a little bit bigger. And then they can, they're sort of more suited toward average life. So it's, it always puzzles me when the breeders are selling these tiny, tiny ones for more money than, than the ones that are more hardy. Um, but so Carla, Carla must have been everywhere. Did she go on book tours? She has. We actually, um, we just went to a school on Tuesday in Virginia because we're based out of D.C. And I was able to bring her with me. And the kids love her. And she is very friendly, so she loves the attention. But after a while, she's, she's kind of over it and she hides. But I, I bring her um, to, for instance, this weekend, I have an event in Richmond for um, a dog show. And I'm going to bring her with me. I'm going to take her with me. And so she does really well. Um, uh, a lot of people love to actually get to see Carla because I don't think they realize that she's an actual dog. And so I, I love taking her anywhere I can. And it's great because she's hyperallergenic. So um, it really helps with uh, a lot of people, I guess, who have allergies. And so it allows me to, get to, to go to schools or to go to events and bring her with me and let everyone enjoy a little bit of Carla. 
Yeah, she's a little ambassador. Well, we're going to have to go to a break in a couple minutes. But um, if you've ever wondered about that, when you're somewhere out at a dog show or a book signing or someplace, and there's these dogs, maybe it's a, a local fair or a pet show, dog show, and there's these dogs at the booths and they're meeting and greeting all the people. Have you ever wondered, do they really want to be there? Do they like it? Well, if you know how to read body language, you can tell if the dog loves it or is just doing it out of duty. And there's a big difference. I've, I used to do the bad dog tour all across Canada. And I would hit a whole bunch of cities and TV and radio. And we'd do contests ahead. We'd get these bad dogs to show up, you know, the three worst in town. And I'd train them live. But, um, but the dogs I brought with me had different attitudes about all this travel and all this greeting. So I'll talk about that as we go next. Stay tuned. We'll be talking about more about Dogs on Tour and these three books that are coming out on Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio. I'm your doggy, and I love you, and you know that I need you too. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. No more fleas and no more ticks with the No More Tick Spray. All natural, non-toxic, and even safe enough for you to use on yourself. It smells great. You have to try it. It really works. This is what I want you to do. Go to www.nomortix.com. Once again, nomortix.com. Your pet will love you for it. Go to nomortix.com. Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio, and we are talking with CQ about her little dog. Now, did you tell me that Carla likes to meet and greet, or has she kind of had enough with it now that she's getting a little older? What's her attitude? Well, initially, she loved it. She, she loved any attention, but I noticed after a while, um, the tail stops wagging, and she seems a little bit more lethargic, and then she starts to hide underneath my table. So that's when I Aww. realized, okay, I think she's over it, and then I usually just let her hang out underneath the table, and then I, I tell people, oh, she's here, but I think she's a little, little tired, but initially she loved it. But I, I definitely monitor her, because um, especially if we're outside or whatever, I don't want her to get dehydrated, or I don't want it to be too exciting. Yeah. So luckily, I try to, um, I, I'm very cognizant of where we're going, and for instance, this weekend, we'll be inside in the convention center. I figure, well, that'll be okay to bring her because we have AC and she won't be outside and overheat. Does she like a kennel? Do you have a little crate for her? I, I do have a kennel for her, but I usually try not to put her in there um, just because she's nine and I've had her ever since um, she was a puppy. She, yeah, but listen to I just have a little suggestion for you. If if you can, if the kennel isn't too much of a pain to bring with you, if you could put her favorite bed and her favorite toy in the kennel and keep the kennel with the door open underneath your table I think she would like that I think she would feel a lot cozier and safer and have a proper power nap instead of being sort of semi-alert and semi-stressed out because as a dog ages even if they love meeting and greeting people it's a job 
You know, it really is. It's like it's like being a politician, shaking hands and kissing babies. It's a job and it's hard work for them to put aside their own instincts and their own desires and be listening to you and reacting to the people and steering clear of the people's feet and, you know, smelling everybody and keeping track of everything. And it's a hard job. So she needs a rest. I usually take more than one dog and I rotate them so, because it's a hard job, even for the dogs I pick, which are border collie, blue healer, hyperactive types, I still think they need a rest because, yeah, it's not so interesting to them on hour three, right? And you're right. That's actually a really great idea. I never actually, I, I have a pillow, but I never thought about bringing her crate and letting her kind of decide if she wants to be in or out. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not saying confine her because she hasn't done anything to make you, you know, do that. But it's her security. Then she knows nobody can mess with her by accident. She can actually have a proper nap. You know, I think that's probably going to help her out. So, um, okay, so if you want to meet Carla, come early to the book signings. Don't show up late when she's all tuckered out. She needs your beauty rest. Come early if you want to meet Carla. So where can people meet you next if they want to get a book, meet Carla, uh, maybe get the book signed? Where would that be? The convention center? What city? Yes, so on Saturday, I'll be at the Amazing Pet Expo in Richmond from, I believe, it's 10 to 6 at the Richmond Convention Center. And uh, both I, both Carl and I will be there and be selling books. And if you go to my website, cqwilder.com, uh, there's a list of all of my uh, events up until November. And there's a link to go to Carla's website, carlathedog.com, with a K. And you get more information about Carla, the series, a lot of free downloads, a lot of free resources um, for, for all who would like to learn just about how to educate and learn a little bit more about Carla herself. Well, I'm trying to figure out, is your, are your books for children or adults? Yeah, so the books are technically for, about, for children about 3 to 11. Um, I encourage even the youngest, uh, the youngest ones can still learn because they can learn basic colors, basic animals, just kind of pointing. But I also say it's for adults, too, because I noticed when I was teaching um, in schools in D.C., a lot of parents or grandparents were stating to me that they didn't know what to do with their children at home. They didn't know how to... They didn't know what questions to ask. So it's really building foundational skills for everybody and really building those inquiries. Um, and specifically, one book focuses on using WH words. And so everyone can learn how to ask more questions. So I really make it for everyone to learn, but the real focus would be on children at about 3 to 11. Okay, so while we're in the middle of a segment, can you give everybody out there who wants to check you out your website, please? Sure. So I have uh, my main website, which is www.cqwilder, W-I-L-D-S-N-D-R.com. And then Carla has her own website, which would be www.carla with a K, carlathedog.com. And on both websites, you can find uh, free resources, free coloring sheets. I write a lot of educational articles, a lot of things that happen at school that parents may not realize that we see as educators. I kind of want to be the lifeline to let them know, you know, don't bring your child to school with onions for breakfast, or, <laughs> or if you have well, okay. Home. So how long? How long were you a teacher? Um, so I taught in the classroom for four years, and this year I am I am an administrator at a school, and I'm also an adjunct professor, and I teach English at a community college here in the area, also. When you taught kids, what what grade was it? I taught preschool PK for three years, and then I did um. English interventions for English language learners from pre-K to eighth grade uh, two years ago. So 
but most, I'm, most I'm of my, getting the feeling you're a very patient person. That's what I'm getting <laughs> from all this. <laughs> yes, where are your I'm, shoes? I'm, you taught the yes. where are your shoes crowd. The don't forget to wipe your nose crowd. Oh my goodness. But that takes actually, patience. The young, the young ones learn so much. And because they're kind of ignorant to the way the world works, you can really um, mold them into really great global citizens, at least initially. And so that's why I started writing the book for using Carla, because I noticed uh, children interact better when there's an animal as a main character versus a person. And, um, and so I thought, well, Carla's super cute, and everyone keeps saying that she should be a star one day. So, well, let me use her as my character and bring her. And so, she, and so she's actually in the process of becoming a therapy dog. And we're going to classes, and because I just think that Carla could bring so much joy into people's lives, either educationally, as a therapy dog, or just as a friend. And I just want to share her with everybody. Well, that's really nice. And we thank you for sharing, little Carla. You know, when you talked about uh, raising good citizens, I have something from the news that makes me so pleased. There was this, and we may have to go through the break and come back again, but, um, but that's okay. There was this terrible incident where a bear was getting into a mobile home and repetitively, and they tried to scare it away, and it wouldn't go. So the conservation officers were ordered to kill it and its cubs. And the guy killed it. But he did not kill the cubs. He caught the cubs and relocated them to a rescue place. Uh, now, well, you know what? We're going to have to go to break. So if you want to hear what happened next, well, first I'll tell you, the conservation officer was uh, laid off without paid and reprimanded. Mm. But then, dum 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 wrong tune. But then, is it good or bad news? Well, you'll have to figure it out. Stay tuned to Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk. I will tell you the rest of the story about the rescue bears and what happened to the conservation officer. Thanks to people out there in the world who made their voices known and were good citizens. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Some good news for a change on Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio. I'm your doggy, I'm your doggy. and I love you. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. Purr Spray Pet, all-natural, non-toxic spray for all of your pet problems. Proven safe to use for their skin, eyes, and ears. Helps calm and heal wounds, hot spots, insect bites, and lots more. Will not sting and very safe to use even for your feathered friends. To find out how you can keep your pets happy and healthy, go to purspraypet.com. That's P-U-R spraypet.com, purspraypet.com. Or call us now at 386-310-3924. For your dogs, running beside your bike is more rewarding canine exercise than any walk. It's also more dangerous. Until now, introducing the amazingly stable Bike Toe Leash, the only safe dog biking attachment approved by the American Pet Association. The Bike Toe Leash installs in seconds on bikes, trikes, power chairs, and mobility scooters. No tools needed, and dogs learn it immediately. With a Bike Toe Leash, both dogs and rider can enjoy fun recreation anywhere, no matter what your ability level. To learn more and order your Bike Toe Leash, visit BikeToeLeash.com. That's BikeToeLeash.com. Bike Toe Leashes are made in the USA and ship worldwide. That website again is B-I-K-E-T-O-W-L-E-A-S-H.com.
all pause pet talk radio and as i sit here thinking of this bear story i'm thinking of all these camp songs i sing with the boy scouts like the other day there was a bear and all the other all the other songs but this bear was a was a real nuisance and they had to kill it but the two cubs didn't have to be killed a boy and a girl very small the size of you know medium to large dog and they they actually filmed the capture, which looked quite harsh because they're wild bears. They were screaming and squealing, and they had to be covered and caught and tranquilized and shipped off. But now they're in rescue, and they're okay. And the poor guy who did the right thing, in my mind, disobeyed a direct order and did not kill the baby bears, found a place for them and got them there. Uh, he got reprimanded without pay until people started going crazy online calling, complaining. People just came out of the woodwork and there were so they were just overwhelmed with public reaction that he did the right thing, reinstate him. So he's uh he's getting paid again. He's back on the payroll. And it's nice to know there are people like that out there who will go out of their way and put their neck on the line for a couple of wild animals. That's the kind of person who should be in conservation. That's what we want. So I'm just so glad for that. Now we're talking about making your kids into the kind of people who make the right choice for animals. And um, we're talking with CQ about that. So CQ, how does your first book, first let's hear the title again, and how, how does this help people teach their children these important values? Well, the first book is Carla the Dog, The Adventure. And the, the idea is that Carla is um, initiating conversations with other mammals that she meets in the deep sea while she's trying to figure out um, a problem. And so my goal for the story and for the series really is just to have dialogue between the parent or the, the adult and the reader. And because I believe we're in a culture now where everything, everything is we um, texting, we're not really conversing much. And so my goal for the stories is that I embed a lot of questions so you indirectly stop and you start conversing with whoever's listening without realizing you're actually having a conversation. Um, and I do that so that way it's more meaningful and it's not a stressful situation. So Carla just goes on, she jumps into the deep sea and she just explores the sea and meets new creatures, but it's really just to build counting skills, build that social-emotional that it's okay if you're not familiar with your surroundings, that all you need to do is ask questions, and just really continue just to keep going, to keep pushing and to not give up. So that's really what Carla's teaching the children. And then I look at state standards to really make sure that what are children learning in early childhood? What do they need to get to grasp before they move on to third, fourth, and fifth grade where the texts get harder? And they have to really be, um, really have inquiry-based thoughts. And a lot of children, a lot of students that I've worked with, they lack that. And I noticed that when I speak with their parents, they lack it. So I want everyone to learn pretty much simultaneously and that it, we all just become more thoughtful, um, inquiry-based people. Okay, so that's the first book. And now the second book? I'm going to go through all three. Okay. So the second one is Carla. She, what happens um, at the end of the first one, there's a storm, and they end up landing on an, on an island called the Island of Mysterious Wonders. And while they're on the while, um, and I'm in the book, but I just take Carla to whoever she needs, and I'm just a side character. And so she gets on the island, and she meets a tiger who doesn't know how to use his words because he doesn't know how to make friends. So Carla teaches him the five WH words, and the two of them go on the um, walk throughout the island, and they meet uh, new new animals, and 
the mass components that are the animals go up um, by odds. So one, three, um, five, seven, nine. And the goal for that book is really, really focusing on social emotional, really giving children the tools to uh, ask questions, the tools to um, know how to converse with people or Oh, I can see this. I can see this really. uh, Kids who have English as a second language really identifying with this one. People who are trying to learn to speak and learn to speak up for themselves uh, from all different angles, for all different reasons, would find this empowering, I think. Absolutely. And that book ends where Carla, um, what happened, our boat actually ran out of of fuel. So Carla uh, finds the man who has fuel but that he has an envelope that he would like for her to deliver to his friend, Farmer Bill, who doesn't live too far away. So the second book ends with Carla coming back to the boat and giving me the envelope and saying, oh, we must go on another adventure to deliver this envelope. So in the third book... Oh, Carla, I see. That's yeah, Carla, um, that again. And you know what? Kids love this. You want to get your kids into reading, this is what you do. I have a 12-year-old who he really won't read. He just won't. He, he wants to be on his computer all the time. He wants to be playing uh, computer games and Skyping his friends at the same time as they play as a group to defeat, you know, make worlds and defeat things. And that's what he wants. Okay, fair enough. But when I make him read, he can't put the book down and he goes into the next one. And if it's, you know, recently he had a concussion on a field trip at school. So for about six weeks, he wasn't allowed to use devices. And I totally, he was allowed to read after about three weeks, a little bit at a time and then more. And honestly, it was music to my ears to hear him begging me to let him read more because they'd sort of rationed how much he could read. And he, and I, he was just dying to read the next chapter. So you want your kids to spell well. You want them to read well. You want them to do well in school. Get them reading now. Get them reading stuff they're into. Give them a book about animals that teaches them a value as well. And, I mean, you're way ahead of the game. So I'm so glad you joined us today, CQ. Can you give out your website one more time? Sure. And I just want to add just a quick note. While, you, while your child is reading, I encourage parents to read a chapter in that book also and ask the child, what did you read? Who was the character? Really be engaged because once the child realizes that a parent is engaged, they'll become more engaged too because they want to impress the parent. Yeah, but be ready, be ready. I mean, I my kid is into now. He's into these really long uh, Gary Paulson. (laughs) I think the guy is novels about these coming of age boys stranded on islands hunting and all. Yeah, and I end up having to hear the entire book retold by my son when we're driving anywhere. It's a mixed blessing, but yeah, no, he's going to do really well in high school. So, uh, so reading matters. And books about animals help so much. It's such an easy sell, especially to the little ones. So I'm really glad you've done this. And um, uh, let's see. If anyone's listening to the show and they're dying to know how to get us in another way, you can go to W Pet Talk Radio anytime to tune in. Um, and uh, that's through your smartphone. So it's really easy to take us anywhere now. Plus, you can find us online at All Paws Pet Talk. And you can always call the show whenever I'm on, 1-888-627-6008 with your comment or question. Usually the questions are, how can I get my cat to use the litter box? Or how can I get my dog to stop jumping on people? That kind of question is very welcome. If you ask me something I don't know how to answer, I'll just bring on an expert guest who can answer it for you. And that includes veterinary advice. We've got quite a few vets who are willing to come talk to our Smart Animal Talk listening audience. So for now, CQ, I'm going to say goodbye. It's been lovely having you. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. 
Oh, you're so welcome. And I hope you'll try out that crate for Carla. Give her give her Absolutely. a chance to get away from the hustle and bustle because she is getting older. She's going to live a long time still. But, you know, she's officially entering her senior years, so she needs a break. Thank you for that information. <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> okay, no problem. All right, everybody, you're listening to Smart Animal Talk, All Plus Pet Talk Radio. We just have a minute left till the next segment. And we'll be talking about music and animals, among other things. But I've got some more good animal news from the wild, and that is whales. Baby orcas. Yes, not in a tank, not in an aquarium. Loads of baby orcas born right near here in Vancouver, British Columbia, and we are very thrilled to see them. They're on the news all the time. They seem to be loving the attention. It's great. If you want to see whales, come here. You'll see whales. There's loads of ways to get out there and look at them safely and without threatening them. There's all kinds of licensed trips, but it's, it's, you might even just see them. They came in through the harbor two weeks ago. People just saw them from downtown. What a sight to behold. So stay tuned on Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio. I'm your doggy, I'm your doggy. and I love you. Itchy dog allergy sad? Did you know that our dogs suffer from the same pollen, dust mite, and mold allergies that we do? Now, veterinarian dermatologist Dr. Christian has formulated Doggy Goo. Doggy Goo is a peanut butter treat for your dog. But Doggy Goo also sublingually builds tolerance to 10 pollens, 2 mites, and 3 molds 100% naturally. Try Doggy Goo. Your dog will Doggy Goo look it up. Call 855-246-2426. The number again is 855-246-2426. Or on the web, www.healthygoo.com. Goo spelled G-O-O. Scratch it. All Paws Pet Talk Radio with me, Deb Wolf. And I was talking about whales and how exciting it is to see orca whales and baby orca whales in the wild. So come to Vancouver if you want to check it out. It's stunning. But right now, we're going to take another turn. I heard a yeehaw, so I don't know where we're going. Maybe Texas. <laughs> we're going to be talking with Cynthia Jordan. Welcome to the show, Cynthia. Thank you. It's good to be here. So where are you calling from? Texas. Oh, you are. Oh, it's I authentic. Am- Authentic yeehaw. I just guessed the accent, you know, I was close. All right. So, okay. So I know, um, I know you've got all this music for pets. Do you really think music affects pets? I absolutely do. Have you ever had experience with uh, using music with pets before? I used to be a doggy dog walker. Now I, I have a boarding kennel and breeding kennel, but I used to find myself in a van driving to dog walks and to and from all the houses with a big load of, you know, eager, very excitable, dying to get out dogs, and then a big load of wet, exhausted, happy dogs. And I would sing to them all the time. I'd crank the radio and I'd change the words. 
you know, eight days uh-huh. a week became eight dogs a week. And oh. on I go, you know, <laughs> and I try and hit all their keywords like walk and their names. I'd sing about them. And Aww. oh, they, they, you could see they'd just be grooving to it. Their ears would be up. They'd be waiting for the, you know, the word like walk or forest or swim or whatever it was that, that you know, ball was a big one. Go. Yeah, certain words dogs like to hear. Do you take advantage of that with the music? The words dogs like? Absolutely. And you just nailed it. I mean, you just, you, you nailed it and you didn't even know you nailed it. Okay. Because, well, had to keep myself busy. <laughs> well, because, because it was instinctive for you, right? It was an instinctive thing for you to do was to use music and communicate with your dogs with words that they understand. And mm-hmm. that's what music is energy. And it's a way of communicating. And we communicate with ourselves with music, but we can also communicate with animals with music, just like they communicate with us with their own music. So I always, always put on music for my animals before I leave the house. And when I come home, they are always content happy little animals, happy little kitties and one little doggy. I never go without leaving music because it's energy. And I usually leave on like the program soundscapes or something like that. I've been doing a little research since I was asked to do this program. And normally I work with speaking to humans about how music affects humans. So this has been... This is an area that I'm relatively new to, but in the research I've been doing, I'm finding out that it's very much the same as with humans, how music affects us. And you were just talking about orcas. I'm actually from Redondo Beach, by the way. That's where I grew up. So I'm actually, I live in Texas now because I wrote a big hit song about that turned into a country song about tequila and I ended up with a cowboy. So that's how I ended up. Oh no. Okay. Remind me. Okay. Don't write a song about tequila. You'll end up with a cowboy. All right. right. Okay. Got it. Note to self. Actually, I could do worse. As long as he's got a horse, I'm not interested in a cowboy with no horse. He's got a horse or two. Actually, yes. He (laughs) actually, I was telling your programmer that my husband is a horse whisperer. He actually does that. Oh. Yes, he's a, I mean, he's the cowboy that puts on the chaps and has gone out and rounded up the cows on the plane. So You know, when people say dogs, they're a dog whisperer, I'm always just so skeptical because you know what? Dogs right. do not whisper. Yep. <laughs> Horses whisper. Well, I get it. They do. Yeah. Horses whisper. Maybe chickens whisper. You, you know, maybe sheep even. Goats mm-hmm. don't whisper. I've worked with go- I know these animals. Camels definitely don't whisper. <laughs> you know, and dogs, no way. Not a lot of whispering going on. Whispering, no, no, no. But I see the whole thing with the body position and the difference between a prey animal, a herd animal, and a pack animal, which is a hunter, and, and how, yeah. they, how they work so differently. But, um, okay, so we're getting off topic. I want to ask you, though, in, when I look at my dogs singing, 
And I've had dogs who have terrible voices and dogs who have good voices. My kennel takes 50 dogs a night when it's full. So sometimes I'll have a Basset or a Great Dane or a Coon Hound that really, you know, he wants to sing every time there's an ambulance that goes by or, oh, or uh-huh. whatever. Anybody sings, he joins in. And, and other times there are dogs with terrible voices. My old blue healer who died in 2009, terrible voice, totally. You could see the other dogs just wincing when she would join the fray. My red poodle has a beautiful voice, just Uh so melodic. Uh But I notice when they sing, the first thing they do, almost always, say it's a siren going by that sets them off, the first thing they do is they match the noise and they go a half a note lower. I notice they, some dogs go half a note higher, some dogs go lower, but whatever that note is that they're hearing, they all work it going almost flat from it. That's how they start. And when I want to make them howl, that's what I do. I hit a strong note, and then I just go one half note down, and boom, they're all going. So Mm -hmm. what is that? What is going on with that? Do you know? I I will share this with you, which is really interesting that you would bring this up. I think that, you know, dogs love us so much. They are. We have the wolf, and then we have the domestic dog right? And actually, we can domesticate wolves to a degree because, again, you have that energy. You have, they will pick up on our vibration. And they love us so much, I think they like to just imitate. And, of course, that kind of sound, like the siren, will promote them into howling, you know, or other sounds. But I will tell you this. This is really interesting. In my lifetime, I have had two dogs that respond to one particular song. Okay, when I was little and I first learned how to play the piano, our dog Charlie, if I played the song Alley Cat, no kidding, Alley Cat, (laughs) he would sing and oh, 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 and sing so pretty. He really thought I mean, he'd get into these fun tones, you know, like he'd go, he wasn't just, oh, 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 he was, oh, oh, he'd sing. And then, yeah. And then uh, I had a beautiful little chihuahua. Now, this is the truth. I have, every time I would sing in Spanish, that dog would sing with me. English, no. Oh, it that's was, funny. It, this oh. is the... This little, is little really, little nationalist, little little Latina advocate there, exactly. promoting the cause. She's like, it, uh-uh, no, it, no, no. You speak Spanish or I don't sing. Oh, what exactly. a diva! <laughs> so, if I really wanted her to sing, this is how we found out. There's a song out that that's it's an old song now that goes Cuando calienta sol aquí en la playa, right? And then it's also transferred into or translated to love me with all your heart that's all I want dear well I would sing both versions in the same setting because I used to do music and bring her with me when I was singing the Spanish part she would oh 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 and then when I was singing the English part she wouldn't sing isn't isn't I I really it's too bad you didn't get this on on tape because this would go viral in this in this Spanish-speaking world (laughs) she's gone now well and then a language advocate you know what we only have one minute left but we have a whole other segment so everybody stay tuned we're talking with Cindy Jordan we're talking about music and animals and I'm going to ask her do dogs hate the sound of the sirens do they love it how do you know what music they like and what music they don't because we kind of know they like it 
But how do you know if you're giving your dog a headache, leaving him with music, or if you're doing him a favor? So stay tuned on Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio. We'll be back in a moment with Cindy Jordan. NuVet Plus, your pet's best friend. NuVet Plus is an immune system builder that is safe for all stages of your dog's life. Helps eliminate most issues, including allergies, scratching and itching, hot spots, arthritis and joint issues, chronic ear infections, tear staining, lack of energy, digestive issues, and so much more. All natural, manufactured in an FDA-registered human pharmaceutical lab here in the USA, using ingredients sourced in the USA. Nothing artificial, no sugars, wheat, corn, or dyes. Never heat treated to help retain all the natural rich ingredients. Comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and is only pennies a day. Call us Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. 1-800-474-7044. That's 1-800-474-7044. And tell them you are referred by All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Or go online to www.nuvet.com. That's www.nuvet.com. Use order code 33955. Again, www.nuvet.com, order code 3395. Put your pet on the path to good health. All Paws Pet Talk Radio. And if you want to see the cutest standard poodle puppy video ever, then go to Facebook Camp Good Dog and you'll see them. I only have three left now. Two unsold. But the video was done last week when there were seven. And it's so adorable. Reds and apricots just doing their thing, wrestling with each other and growling and playing and doing their thing. At, they were seven weeks old at the time. So check that out or just... Um, Stay tuned. We'll talk more about that. I want to talk to Cindy about how to know what your dog likes. So if you're leaving music on for your pets, how do you know what's good music to choose? Well, I think that's pretty much what you like. Um, In other words, again, it's energy. Music's energy. And so when you're playing music at the house, watch what they react to. I don't know that there's a specific kind of music. Uh, I will tell you this, because it, this is really interesting. I am a, a, a spiritual person, and so when I did do my music, I knew that I wanted to communicate love through the piano music, right? So what I would do was when I would play the music, I would put pictures of my, I'd have my animals there with me. Um, I'd have candles, pictures of people I loved. What was interesting was when I did record my albums, I decided to do it at my own home. So I brought the engineer in the studio to the house and animals were attracted to the piano. I'd have a whole whole porch full of birds singing. In fact, I told the engineer to leave that in there because music will attract animals I say, watch what they like, but I will like to, to point I out I think something. that's true. You know, music does attract animals, and birds are competitive. 
You hit a high yes. note. They want to hit higher. I do right. this all the time with red winged blackbirds. There's certain birds that are particularly competitive with me when I'm sitting because I walk Aww. dogs a lot, right? And uh-huh. I'm alone. Uh-huh. And so it doesn't matter what I wear. It doesn't matter if I sing. You uh-huh, know, uh-huh. so so I do, and yeah. I I do hear them calling back. I hear all kinds of stuff. It's almost counterintuitive. You'd think you'd hear more if you're quiet, but no, I, not if your energy isn't aggressive. I I see that hunters and fishermen have to be quiet because they're trying to catch the prey. But if right. you're not trying to catch anything, if you're just celebrating the day and declaring yourself there, that's what the birds are doing too, right? Right. Well, I like to interject this. The ancient philosophers they categorized music into three categories. One was called humana, which is songs, like eight days a week, right, with lyric. Instrumentali, which is like flute music or just, you know, instrumental music, piano music, harp music, that type of thing. But the third category is called mundana. And mundana is the music of the earth. It's the rhythm of the waves. It's the rustle of the wind in the trees. It's the the silent howl of the wind, or the uh, the silent howl, the the whistling of the wind, and animals. Yeah, the all, sound of water moving would be one ex- of them. Yeah, oh creek. yeah, very good. The babbling brook, exactly. Yeah. So, what you have with all that were mammals. They're mammals. What appeals to us in the music mundana? appeals to them so another thing that you can do which is easy to do is get waves or get uh you know nature sounds you can get those kind of cds anywhere and you know that's that's actually really key for fighting uh thunder fear and fear of separation anxiety all this type of stuff you do use that kind of thing so that the animal isn't preoccupied with sounds outside too, right. too worried and too aware too worried about greetings and when you're coming home it just sort of distracts them if if they think they're by a bubbling brook, you know? Exactly. And so that totally makes sense to me when you're combating stress. Um, I read that monkeys don't like classical music. And, <laughs> um, you know, they prefer like this screechy sort of harsh music. That seems strange to me because I've heard monkeys. I used to work at, in a nature park and I've worked in a zoo. And I've heard monkeys, well, volunteered in a zoo. And I've heard monkeys when they're angry and monkeys when they're fighting. And they screech. Right. So what what's up with that okay i will tell you this because i read that as well this is all right let's look at teenagers right look at the kind of energy that teenagers have and look at the kind of music that teenagers have when they've got this uh, energy in my day it was i can't get no satisfaction right i mean that song was number one for two years because there's this energy again they've got this energy and there's a process called entrainment which means that you want to match energy with energy so i think the monkeys are acting just like the teenagers in other words you want to match that energy because i actually learned this when my grandson was a little baby when I picked him up and put on soothing music, he was restless and whiny. And But as soon as I put on Leonard Skinner and started dancing with him, he co- completely calmed down. In other words... That's funny. Isn't that funny? <laughs> so yeah. so the, it, that's I, I, I got all this classical music sent to me when my kids were babies, and it never worked on them. All no. this calming, Brahms, and Beethoven, it never did. All the yeah. oldies. But I think that was more about me. If I was happy... Then they felt the mommy happy. Then they, you know. Okay, so there's a video out there. 58,000 hits so far and counting of a cat (laughs) 
reacting right. to your music. So right. look it up on YouTube. Would it be under Cynthia Jordan under YouTube? Is that how uh, people can find it? I, if you go to YouTube and just go Cynthia Jordan cat, okay. Okay. I found this the other day and I went, oh my God, it's got over 58,000 hits. And all it is, is this cat reacting to my music. And it's somebody in France because I've had like Amazing. 5 million downloads of my piano music worldwide. So somebody in France got a hold of one of my pieces and decided to put it on YouTube. This cat that's just totally chilling out. It's really kind of funny, really. So. Okay, well, I want to check it out after the show. So, um, do you have a gift for our listeners? I hate to be greedy, but I heard you might. I do, I do. Anybody who would visit CynthiaMusic.com and you can join our site and I will send you music for your animal. I, I send out free MP3s. I'm very, really generous. I also... Wow have a how to play the piano in one hour free lesson that I give out that you can actually play the piano for your pet because my I have a little bed underneath my piano and I can teach anyone how to play the piano in an hour so that's really that's That's amazing that's great too so if you have a piano and you want to entertain your animals uh, go to CynthiaMusic.com and I will show you how. <laughs> All right, everybody. And so thank you very much for joining us today. I hope people get some more music in their lives and start sharing it with their pets. And don't be afraid if you're driving with your dog in the car window down and he's all happy and you're going somewhere and you're singing along with the radio, stick his name in there. Watch him perk up. Watch him start paying attention. Change a few words. T- describe what you're about to do. He'll understand. Believe me, he'll understand. Tell him you're going to the lake. Tell him you're going to the beach. Yeah, like going to the chapel and we're going to get married. How about going to the beach and we're going to go swimming? That'll (laughs) get him happy in the back of your car. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Go to CynthiaMusic.com, everybody. And if you want more of me, it's DebraWolfOnline.com. That's me. Or you can look at the poodle puppies. You can find them there, too. And until next week, I'll be back on Smart Animal Talk, All Pause Pet Talk Radio. Until next week, for me, be good to your animals. (laughs) 